thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Radiant. Uh, More on the Flourish series in just a moment. Um, I want to take a moment and uh, just pray for the Church of Jesus Christ around the world. I know all of us have probably uh, been just paying attention to the news um, this week. And I just think it'd be significant for me personally in uh, the year 2000. Um, I had just graduated from college, but uh, was able to go uh, to the Ukraine and spent nine days um, teaching in a Bible college there, as well as uh, had the, the privilege of being in some churches there. And um, just, just for me personally right now, it just feels uh, so weighty. I don't know about you, but when I look at uh, some of the some of the clips I've seen on social media of the the church worshiping there, um, I think it's significant, and I think it's important for us as a church to pray for our brothers and sisters um, in the Ukraine. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind, um, but let's just take a moment, and will you just bow your heads with me, and let's just pray together, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for being uh, sovereign. I thank you, Lord, that you are good. And Father, we as a church, we lift up. Uh, We lift up our brothers and sisters around the world. And as we, here we are um, with all of our freedom and um, so much abundance and protection. And we ask, Lord Jesus, for those who don't have that, those that today are experiencing uh, such pain. We ask, Lord Jesus, for protection in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, Lord God, that, um, Lord, that you would not only protect, but God, we pray that you would be near in the midst of such, uh, such pain. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're at work. And God, we ask, Lord Jesus, um, turn what is such ashes in time into beauty. We pray, Lord God, that you would be at work in all things. We honor you. We love you. And even when we can't see or understand, we trust you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Thank you for that. Um, Hey, if you are uh, new to the house, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And um, hey, I thought the worship team did a great job. Can you give them a big hand? I'm so impressed with them and so grateful. And uh, on behalf of my bride, Renata, and I, we are so glad that you're here. We're in this series. We've labeled it Flourish. It comes out of Psalm 92. And this has been our theme verse. We've been in a four-week series, Digging In on Relationships. So coming out of 21 days of prayer, uh, we wanted to take some time to have our, our relationships go really thick, grow strong. So we spent a week talking about relationships at church, and, and we focused in on the, the gathering of the saints and building relationships here and all the dynamics of worshipers and intercessors and loving each other, gathering here. And then, then we talked uh, the next week, which was right before Valentine's Day, we did a little marriage talk and uh, we talked about our marriages. And, and it's one of the things that we're believing God for, that your marriage would flourish. And then uh, we talked about relationships outside of the local church. Last week, we concluded with a prayer time for the relationships that you have outside of the church, believing God to help us be a light uh, to our city and to our world and building those relationships intentionally in order to help people come to know Jesus. Um, Today, uh, we want to go after uh, specifically relationships in the family. And and I want to go after um, the flourishing family or parenting. And and so so, so here's what I want to encourage you with. Maybe... Maybe when you look at um, your life, you're someone, you're a young adult and you've got parenting one day out in the future. Maybe you're somebody that parenting's not going to be in your future. Um, but the, the way that I'm going to present these ideas today, this, if you are committed to being a disciple maker, then this will be apropos. This will, be, this will, this will help you flourish in building those rela- relationships. Um, I think it's significant uh, if you have young children. Obviously, uh, Renata and I, we have a 17-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, and an 11-year-old. <laughs> so we're right in the thick of that. Um, so, uh, but also, even in, if you're a grandparent, um, I think it's significant. So uh, I think kind of the, the full gamut, if you think about it in terms of making disciples, uh, it's helpful for all of us. So 
That's where we're going to go. We, the, whole, the whole series has come out of Psalm 92, which talks about flourishing in the house of God. And I want to go after today uh, our, our text coming out of Ephesians 6. And this is the famous text uh, about fathers not exasperating your children. And I want to lean in on that. So we're going to actually do a little Ephesians 6. We're going to do a little Colossians 3. We've got, uh, we got a long way to go today. I normally give you three points. I'm going to give you seven today. And so um, get ready. Take notes. Get out your iPads. Drink a cup of coffee. Get a refill. Um, and let's read Ephesians 6. We'll go Colossians 3. Then we'll pray says this, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Okay, that's instruction to kids. That's good. Uh, we, could, we could hang out there. I'm gonna go after today. I'm gonna go after the next verse because it focuses on parents. Fathers, do not exasperate. Kind of a big word. Do not exasperate your children instead. So don't do this, but do this. So we have those books all the time, only it's about what to eat. Eat this, not that. Here's spirituality. Fathers, do this, not this. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, here's what you do. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That, if we were to double click that, that's where we're gonna be all day. Not all day. <laughs> well, maybe. Um, Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We're going to work on that. And Paul says it a little bit differently. If you read Ephesians and Colossians, uh, a, a lot of similarities. And he goes after in Colossians 3.20. He says it a little bit differently. Children, obey your parents in everything for this. Please the Lord. Very similar. But then look at this phrase. This is how he coaches parents in Colossae or fathers. Fathers, do not embitter. That's a different word. And do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. I just want to encourage you, Renata and I, uh, we do not think that we have arrived. We actually know that we have not, but we're on the journey. And my hope is, is that by diving into the scriptures, uh, we can all go after this better together. Father, we love you today. And we ask that the families in this house would flourish. Father, I ask Lord Jesus in every face, I lift up the, uh, Young people that are not quite parents yet, those that are in the thick of it, those that are grandparents and everybody in the middle, I ask, Lord Jesus, that we would make disciples of the next generation. And even, even if it's not specifically parents discipling kids, we, we want to be a church that sees the next generation flourish. So all of us want to make disciples of the next generation. We love you. We honor you. And everybody said amen. Uh, uh, years ago, I picked up a book on parenting and on the front cover, there was an endorsement and it said, practical tips for raising good kids. And I remember just thinking, practical tips for raising good kids. And I just thought, what on earth is a good kid? Like, and, 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 and just all of the different components of practical, for me, it didn't connect because when I look at parenting, I would say what we need is relational help <laughs> for making disciples of Jesus, okay? So, so the aim that I'm going after is, is not good kids. I don't even know what good kids are, good what? Good at what? Like good citizens? Like what are we aiming at? When we're going in the church, what we're going after is disciples of Jesus. That's the win. That's the touch on. That's the goal. We're a great commission people. The aim, the strategy, the strategy is built upon the win and the win is disciples of Jesus. So it's more than just, I just got to get these kids out of here. It's more than, it's more than that. It's, it's more than, I just want them to survive. And, and I know we love those jokes. Hey, they're not dead. That's, that, I win. I'm a good parent. Ah, okay, great. But let's go, let's, let's aim a little higher, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and here's what I want to go after. I want, to, I want us to go after, um, we could say, raising disciples that follow Jesus. That's where I want to go after. So, so, that, so you build your strategy based upon where you're going. And where, where we're going is we want to help make disciples of Jesus. So I, I look at this. And when you go Ephesians 6, Colossians 3, the intriguing thing is not so much. Let me say it this way. Um, the if you're in Colossae or you're in Ephesus and it's Roman occupation, first century, and Paul writes, children, obey your parents or honor your parents, that would be logical. That would make sense in the culture. That, that, that would not jump off the page. Everybody would know that. But if there was a statement to parents that was 
going from top down or intentionally care about the internal emotional response of your child to your authority, that would jump off the page. That would be a little bit shocking. That would be different than the way that the culture just existed. So if you're, if you're the early church and you're reading this, you've got a little bit of surprise, a little bit of bite to Paul saying, Holy Spirit, word of God, we read it in our context. Here we are, 21st century, Kansas City. We're reading and we're going, we have instruction in the word of God as fathers and mothers to care about the emotional response. Do not exasperate them or do not embitter them. That were in Colossians, it's, you don't want bitterness to rise up in their heart. That's interesting because that means, okay, you're taking the time to know what's in their heart. You're taking the time to care what's in their heart. You're taking time to, according to Paul, Ephesians 6, train and instruct. You're going after what's in the human heart of your children. So that takes work. That's a lot of effort. And here in our culture, we do pay attention to a lot of things. I mean, we pay big attention to academics. Come on now, let's make sure we get that right. We pay big attention to sports. Let's make sure we get, we'll put some time and some money into that. We'll make sure that we, we figure out, hey, I'll, I'll, even, I'll even follow an Instagram influencer, make sure my kids look good, you know? Like, I'll make sure that their clothes are right. We'll, we'll go finance. Let's make sure finance is right. All those things are good. Come on, follow them. Let's, let's, let's make sure they're on the right teams. All that's good. I'm not criticizing any of that. I am saying there is something that is higher than their academics, their athletics, or their fashion. Here's what it is. It's that heart, your child's heart. What's going on on the inside towards Christ? That's your touchdown. That's your win. A lot of those other things, those might be some first downs, those might be some fun side items, might be some free t-shirts, but you want to talk about the touchdown? You're going after that child knowing Jesus, walking closely with Jesus. And what I'm going to say today is following Jesus, being a, a, a person to, to train them and instruct them to where you've got to win, you've got a goal, you've got an aim, and you're building your strategy, you're working on it based upon training and instructing them in the ways of the Lord. Now they've got free will, and so they're going to make decisions, and you can't force it, and they're not robots. And because of that, it's work. It takes listening. It takes talking. It takes caring. It's, it's, it's not practical principles. Do this and get this. Put these ingredients in. Put it in the oven, and here you go. Bah, kid, that does it right. No, it's a dance. They make three steps. You take two steps. It's a, I mean, it is like... It's, it's a dance. You're working, you're moving, they're moving, so you're moving, and you're asking questions, and they're, they're, they're mad, and suddenly you're like, you were a saint yesterday, and suddenly they're not, and you're, oh, are you with me? Now, here's what we do. We often go, too much work, too hard. They cry, cry, I'm out, right? That's what we do. We go, and so, and so one of the things I often find is that we have a temptation to resign and just go, I'm gonna leave it up to chance, and I want to invite you to step one in, in helping your child follow Jesus. Step one is resolve in your heart to help your child follow Jesus. You've already made some resolutions on some other things. You've already, you've already have a resolve that you're going to help them be good citizens by virtue of just, I hope. I mean, you're like, you, you've, I want to invite you to actually care and step into this resolution. I'm, I'm going to do the Ephesians 6, bring them up and train them, help them in relationship with Jesus. And I think that this is challenging because I think that um, if, you, if you develop in you a heart of resignation, um, it's, it's honestly one of the ways that you walk away from love. Love cares about someone's highest good. So if you love them, go ahead and in the culture that's after them and, yeah. and everyone's after them. My kids, are, my kids are 17, 16, 14, 11. And it's not just me trying to train them. I'm telling you, there's people somewhere out there in those portals trying to train them on TikTok. 
get ideas, get values, get thoughts, get responses. There's people right there trying to train them on Spotify. Sing it. They'll sing lyrics. And it's, it's, they're going after my kid. They, it ain't their kids, but they have an agenda for my kid. There's people on Netflix and Amazon Prime. And I mean, there's, I mean, you want the news, YouTube. I mean, it is, there, there is an agenda. The only way for you to strategically win is if you have a philosophy of revolt instead of resign. If you go, <laughs> so here's what, here I am. Let me be your friend. I'm, I'm your friend. I'm not mad. I'm your friend. But I want to invite you to this. You, it's going to take some work. You better, we, we got to go after this. So don't resign. Don't quit. Get back up on the horse again today. Sign up again. Jesus, these are your kids. I'm a steward of the role that you put me in, but I will stay in that role to the end. I will intentionally resolve. I have decided I'm going to help my kids follow Jesus. I'm going to train them up in the instruction of the Lord. Second is this. Show your child how to sincerely follow Jesus. Paul talks this way. Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. David, I don't like that. I don't want to do that because that puts pressure on me. Welcome to parenting. And I'm not saying you're perfect, but here, people tend to do what people see. And if your child sees sincerity in you, in your relationship with Jesus, it puts a picture in front of them on what it looks like to follow Jesus. I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm not saying that you nail it. I'm not saying that you crush it. I'm not saying that every day is like, wow. I am saying that even when you mess up, you respond rightly like a Christian. So you go before God, God, I'll come back up, re-sign up, saved by grace. Jesus saved me. I'm so sorry, I messed up. You're already saved, I know I'm just kidding. But, oh God, help. And then you go to your kid. One of the best things I've ever done with my kids is I am, I, I am a repenter. I, I go to my kids and I say, I am so sorry. I messed, I messed that up. So it's actually not always my performance that causes them to say, ooh, I want Christ, but they, it's authenticity. It's they see, oh, this isn't a show. It's real. This isn't sing the song with Katie on a Sunday and then live like however I want on a Monday because if they see that, they tend to do what they see. So Monday through Saturday, man, those are your golden days. Those are your days where, you're, where you are like, in these days, I've got this window, and I'm not just going to delegate my kids seeing Jesus at church or in a small group. I, man, in this home, in this house, I want them to see Christ. So that's the win. So, and, and, and you never know, you never know the kind of the, the normal moments that become defining moments. Like we want them to have them every day, but most of the time we have mundane moments. But every once in a while, you're faithful to be Christ-like in the mundane moments. And suddenly something clicks in your child and it's a memorable moment and they, they have an aha, ah, and, and you're like, do you realize how awesome I've been in the past and you've never noticed, right? That's what we're thinking. But there's a moment where they go, oh, wow, I see it. Oh, okay. For me, um, when I was in junior high, uh, I, I loved the NFL. I, was, I loved all things NFL. I, somehow in my teenage brain, I just thought those people were living a better life than me, and NFL is where it's at. And I had a friend whose dad uh, played in the NFL, and I, it's confession time, I actually intentionally tried to like be invited to play over at his house because I just kind of wanted to meet his dad, you know, like, and so I know, is that bad? Anyway, I'll confess that to the Lord later, but anyway, so I, I was friends with this kid. Uh, we were friends, and, I'm, and I started to do a little bit of life around his family, and for me, and this is why I'm saying, because it was a totally weird one, but I remember the moment where I thought, his dad's not that great. Like, his dad, and I'm not being critical, but I, I recognize that I had a dad that had like zip and zeal and fire and had mission and purpose and prayed for me and loved me. And I, I just remember thinking, my, my dad's got more mission than him. And I suddenly had stock in Christianity rise and stock in the NFL decline. And I'm not telling you that it's logical, but it was 13, you know, it's just not, it's not all logical. You hear what I'm saying? So you stay faithful, you stay steady, you stay consistent, and then boom, you never know. A mundane moment becomes a 
defining moment in your child's life, and it's out of your faithfulness of just showing Christ-likeness, just day in, day out, staying consistent. Number three is this. Invest in your child's relationship with Jesus. Invest in your child's relationship with Jesus. The disciples come to Jesus, and they ask Jesus to teach them to pray. It's a great moment. Luke 11, 1, it says this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So the disciples come to Jesus. They see something that is so real in Jesus, the prayer. They ask him, Jesus, teach us to pray. Not teach us to preach. Not Jesus, hey, it's, there's that vertical relationship you have with the Father. Teach us to pray. That's what you want to do with your kids. You want to teach them to pray. You want to help them connect their relationship with God so that it's real, not perfect, but real. It's genuine. And when they leave your home, they have a sincere relationship with Jesus. So you're putting your time, your talent, your treasure into helping them follow Jesus. So it looks different in different phases. When my kids were little, um, uh, I, I would have them sit around the table and give them, you know, Bibles that are fit their age. So, I mean, I remember when Doss was really little, we had like this action Bible and I'm doing everything I can, but I'm working far more than I'm working on the other things, soccer and all those things. I'm working, I'm working on that relationship with God. I'm wanting, uh, my touchdown, my win is them knowing and walking with Jesus. So I'm buying journals. um, I'm I'm helping them. And in those, in that phase when they were little, one of the things that I found that you got you got I'm giving you practical examples. Don't do my examples. Just do your own. But in my world, uh, Renata was extremely into nutrition. So I figured out if I buy a bunch of chocolate and M and M's, and then we have time over with Jesus, my kids like me and God. And so I would put chocolate in the middle of the table, and then and then when they when they got questions right, I'd give them chocolate. Right? Boom! Big win. Right? But here's what we're doing: is we're building. We're built. Uh, my, my goal is even more, uh, like Justice, he did great in soccer. He's, he's amazing, right? Like, Doss loved basketball. My kid, Liv loves ballet. I mean, they all have things that they love. But more than all of those things, that, and that's the cultural norm. The cultural norm is to throw everybody into all those things, which is great. But we intentionally say, okay, we're going to intentionally do some, less of some things in order to make this a highlight, make this a, a priority. And, and it looks different in every phase. So... Um, in their teenage years here, Overland Park, no chocolate no, more, no longer woos them. No, they no longer care. Um, somehow it doesn't, doesn't move their soul like it used to. Um, but what I, what I have done now is we walk into Mardell over here at 119th of Metcalf, and I say, buy whatever you want. Journals, Bibles, books, highlighters, anything to help your relationship with God. And people look back and they go, ah, oh, David, is that good stewardship? You know what? I would say it's about 25% of one season of one kid in sports in Johnson County. And so you look at the amount that we'll put into a whole lot of other things and the investment in the relationship with Jesus is usually a fraction. You want to flip that and you'll go, I'll do anything. I'll do anything to help that relationship be vibrant and alive and help that relationship with you. So that, so you redefine it and you start to live differently when you put that as your win and you're helping them have their own relationship with God. Not and I were, um, what, uh, I was talking to one of my, my kids recently about, uh, a big decision in their life. And I said, here's what I think you should do. And that child looked at me and said, thank you. Um, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. If you tell me to do it. Will you let me pray about it and come back to you? I said, sure. So that child goes, prays about it, and comes back and says, you said that you think I should do this. I've prayed about it. I think I should do this. And I said, okay, great. Let's do that. And then it turned out that choice has had incredible spiritual fruit. Now, I know some of you are like nervous that I'm saying this story. But, but he, here, they're like, oh no, does he honor his parents? Oh no, is he disobedient? Oh, now I just told which kid it was. <clears throat> All right, but. Okay, um, but here's, here's, here's why I'm telling you. Because my child honored me in it. 
takes a little courage to stand up to me. You know, I mean, not, not a whole lot, because he's taller than me. <laughs> I take that back. It doesn't. But here, here's, here's my point. Though, though he's a teenager, his relationship with God is nonetheless real. And he's gone and came, come back, spent time, and said, I, I, I think this, and I've, I think I've, I've prayed about this, and if you're willing, I'd like to go this route. Here's why I celebrate it. Because at this phase, and I'm not, I'm not out of the woods, I got, the, till the day I die, I'm committed to this. But I can see real relationship with God, real desire to listen, obey, apply the word of God, pray. So that leads to the next one. The next one is this, number four. Teach your child to obey Jesus, straight up. Now, this is tricky because um, in our culture, it's easy for us to just kind of always want to do whatever the, the child wants um, and then put some little frosting on it and call it good and God. Um, but Jesus told us to obey. That was part of the Great Commission, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always. Jesus told in John 14, he said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. One of the best things you can do is to help your child obey Jesus even when it's going against their flesh when they're little. So especially when it's something that they have to say no to what they want, but they're gonna say yes to Christ. So it starts off with Ephesians 6, Colossians 3. Hey, you're going to obey your parents. And that's about zero to five, zero to six. That's about all you get, right? Right there, you're, you're working on just obey me, right? That's, that's hardest one, zero to five. But then they get a little bit older. You know, I say six, seven, right in there. And then, you, then you're starting to deal with, okay, what, what does the scripture say? What, what does Jesus, and you're teaching them to say no to their flesh and yes to Jesus as little children. And so that by the time they leave your house and they face the onslaught of immorality and all the cultural ways as a young adult on a secular, secular university campus, they've been saying no to their flesh for a decade and yes to Christ. So like for me, my, my, my parents did this with me uh, consistently, right? And I've... I've told lots of stories to you guys. Nathan made a joke earlier today. He's like, this outline is just like your favorite illustrations over and over and over. I'm like, yes, it is. All right, here we go. David's going to talk about Jesus, prayer, and his kids. All right, but anyway, uh, sorry, that made you sound like you're mean, but you're the nicest guy at the church. So I, I just, we were, his banter. But I, like, I remember for me, when I, when, I, when I was a sophomore at the University of Oklahoma, uh, and, and all of a sudden I had just an abundance of immorality just right there, just in my face, um, the, just the pursuit of hedonism, just the pursuit of pleasure right here. I, I literally had a professor uh, mocking me for taking some stances um, and, and the, the temptation to question and to, and so I, I suddenly had a whole lot of ways I had to say no to my flesh. I had suddenly had a, a bunch of way, like I had to be deep rooted, but here's the reality. At, at that age as a sophomore, I, I I had learned how to do that for a long time. I have, I've got a lot of stories of, I, Dad, I, I hate that guy. Well, what does Jesus tell us to do? Uh, what? Well, does Jesus want you to hate him? Uh, no. What does he want you to pray for him? Uh, 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 you feel that? Okay, you work that muscle for a decade with your kid, and by, by the time they leave, They've, they've, got some, they've, got some, they've got some ability to not only know Jesus, but to obey Jesus when they leave your home. And they can face some difficulty. And we're losing a lot of our young adults in their college in 20-something years. And a lot of it is because we don't really help them follow Jesus. We just kind of have a house where we protect them from bad things. And we don't have a strategy. We're just trying to have some practical tips to raise some decent kids. I want to invite you to raise followers of Jesus. Where they actually obey. I remember when um, Liv was six, and she said I could say this, tell the story. Um, uh, and, and because Liv uh, was turning six years old, and uh, in her kindergarten, um, she had about 15 girls that, I, that she really liked, and one girl that she didn't. And um, when we went to have the princess birthday party at our house, um, she said, I'd like to have the birthday party for 15 princesses, not 16 princesses. And she wanted to not invite one princess. 
because she didn't think she was a princess. So she wasn't allowed to come to her the princess party because she was a mean girl. And so Renata, you know, gets down and she's talking to Liv and she's saying, Liv, um, what, what do you think Jesus wants you to do? Now, most of the time, we don't have to take the time with this. We're like, oh, here's what we mostly do. <sighs> I'm so busy. Uh, I can't even believe I have to throw a party. And uh, did we get the Evite and ah. Here, I'm not mocking. Here's what I am saying. At the end of the day, the, the princess decor and the princess food is not nearly as important as the relationship with what's going on in the heart of your child. So the cake, the decor, and the Evites are not as important as, wait a minute, you want to invite every girl in your kindergarten except one mean girl? Let's talk about that. And then it's, well, what does Jesus want? Well, then live, I don't know, I'm six, you know, like, who knows? Well, does Jesus, does Jesus usually like include the outsider or does Jesus turn his back on the mean people? Uh, and take her to Bible stories, take her to prayer. Liv tells the story about how she came back. She said, all right, we'll invite all 16. And even the mean girl got the invitation to come to the princess party. Here's why I tell you that story. Seems silly. Okay, but here's what you're doing. You're training in the instruction of the Lord. You're working on it. You're digging in on it. I'm telling you, I know, it's work. Temptation to say, David, it's too dreamy. David, too hard. Listen. In later years, you will never regret intentionally discipling your kids. You've only got a window of time where you have the level of formation and training that Ephesians 6 talks about. Great opportunity for you instead of saying, so know the season that you're in, because it won't always be this way, right? Like my dad's 75. He doesn't have to mess with me anymore. <laughs> you know, like, like it's a different season, all right? But know the season you're in. I know, I know the season that I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm in a tra I'm training teenagers, teenagers season. And so just welcome it. Okay, God, in the season, how do we voluntarily forgo some of the really great things that we could do right now in order to really be intentional to help our, our children know and follow Jesus? So invest in it. All right. Then teach them. Number five is this. Grow your child's friendships that are built on Jesus. This one's big. Grow your child's friendships that are built on Jesus. Proverbs 12. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Uh, your, 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 your kids' friends are, are so critical. It's, it's so massive. And so pay any price to help your kids have friendships where they have some spiritual comrades that are following Jesus. That's why one of the reasons at Radiant Church, we are after this in terms of kids and teenagers and young adults in a big way. We're going after, we want to help create a place where your children can develop comrades around Christ, relationships that are built around Jesus. This is significant. This, like for Renata and I, we'll sit on our date night and we'll strategize not just what's going on in our kids' hearts, but what's going on in the hearts of other kids their age. Does that make sense? Because we're going, we want, we, we want each one of our kids to intentionally build friendships with, with kids that are ablaze for Jesus. So it means, it means prayer, it means strategy, it means sacrifice. About a year ago, um, uh, there, Dawson developed a friendship um, with this kid that was after God. And I just was like, in love with it. it we'd, I, the truth is, is um, I'm going to go ahead and say this publicly. I, I knew about this kid being a follower of Jesus. I found out about it. Like I found out from a dad about a kid lives in a different state who was ablaze for the Lord. So then I started to work backwards on how possibly we could work it out to get my kid around that kid. So then I got my kid around that kid. And then then my kid found out about another church camp and my kid wanted to go to that. Now here's the crisis. My church camps when I was a kid were a $59 registration fee, rural Oklahoma, red dirt, very low cost. The, 
Dawson wanted to go to the camp that was in Hawaii. And I was just like, huh? So, but date night with Renata talking about this possibility. Here's the reality. I go, we'll pay, we'll pay any price for our kid to have some comrades, right? So then we voluntarily didn't do a trip that Renata and I had been saving for so that, sorry. So let me just tell you this. So he could go, but now that friendship is stronger for him. And the, he is flourishing today in a stronger way because of that friendship. And I'm telling you, I know in my own life, man, when I get, when I get, when I get around some comrades, there's some people that are sitting up here on these front rows. I mean, I just, I, I follow Jesus with greater strength when I'm around people that are going after Jesus with strength. I'm telling you, it's, it's that way for your kid. So don't just hope, hey, maybe they'll make a couple of good buddies in the neighborhood. Maybe a couple of good friends on the basketball team. Hey, I don't know. No, 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 no. No, no, more than that. Come on. Go after it. No, I'm going to help them flourish. I'm going to help them be trained up in the ways of the Lord. I want them to have comrades where they're going after God. So I'm always shocked. I know I'm going to sound like a mean old man for a moment. And I am. I'm 45. I'm ancient. I'm almost dead. I mean, but I want to say this. One of the best things that you can do is pay the money. Do the, get your kids in an environment. It's just, it just amazes me. And now I'm getting angry. It just amazes me. It amazes me how much your kid needs God and how much we'll choose so many other things and just, just, we just resign. I don't know. Oh no, 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 no. You got one shot. This is what you care about. You're going thick on this. You're going after it. And we got good days and bad days. We got days where we're like shocked. This is painful. How, How could this be happening? But don't resign. Keep revolting. I'm just telling you, it's a spiritual battle and we are in a crazy spiritual battle in our nation, around the world. And I know the temptation is to quit. I know the temptation is to resign, but I want to invite you to care and to fight for the heart of your kid. Go after it. Help them get around friends. Six is this. Connect your child to the mission of Jesus. So this is great commission talk, but this is real strategic. Jesus says, Go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach me to obey everything I command you. Surely I'm with you to the end of time. Don't have such a mentality with your kid that you're just trying to just prop them up and, and take care of their needs. One of the best things you can do is help. You know how here at Radiant, we always tell you, go to DNA, go to DNA. Go to, what's DNA? DNA, we tell you, here we are, who, who we are as a church. As, if you are part of the family of Radiant Church, it's who we are. That's what we do at DNA, number one. Number two at DNA, you discover your spiritual gifts. We care about you identifying it. Number three, we want to help you jump, serve on a team. So it's not just about you, it's about others. Fathers and mothers, run your own DNA in your house. Hey, this is what it means to be a Perkins. Hey, this is what we're about. Hey, not only that, you've got a spiritual gift, you've got a spiritual gift, you've got a spiritual gift. I'm three. You've got a spiritual gift. All right. So we've identified, you, you've got this bent, you've got that bent, you've got this, the Lord's good. Now, here's what we do. We are going to serve other people. It could be the church, it could be, in a, it could be another place, it could be, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to generously go help people in downtown Kansas City. Hey, we're going to generously pray. Hey, we're going to, but we're going to be a people that serve other people. I'm telling you, you get your kid identifying their spiritual gift, not just their athletic skill, and how they can help make a difference or serve, help other people in the world. You'll watch them flourish in a way that they won't if they think that their whole world revolves around them. If you'll help them serve, Renata and I, uh, um, took out this family that when I was a youth pastor, we had about 600 kids in the youth group. And there are these four kids that were from 12 up to 18. And they were all in the youth ministries at the church. And they were just incredible kids. Like just, I mean, I used their, those kids as my sermon illustration over and over and over again because I know they could handle it, right? Like they're the only kids that they'd come up, Pastor David, that was that's so great. Oh, hey, we want to we want to pray. Hey, one of them asked if they could lead a prayer meeting and, and had a com- higher commitment than I could get the staff to pray. Like I would look at these kids and like, 
who are you, right? So Renata and I decided, hey, at the time we had four kids that were five and under, and it was Renata's idea. Um, she said, let's take the Mendozas out for dinner. And I was like, why? <laughs> that's that's why I'm, she's like, I, I want to, I, I got to know what's the Mendoza magic. What are, how are these kids? She said, David, we'll have teenagers one day. And I'm like, wow, I can't imagine, you know? <laughs> No, David, that day's coming. So we took him out, went to Biagi's, white tablecloth. Renata wanted to go to the nicest place in town. I was hoping that we could go to McDonald's. Anyway, I thought it was expensive. Renata thought it was worth it. Here's what Renata was right. We're sitting there with the Mendozas, and I said, what's the, what's the Mendoza magic? How do you have such great kids? And the matriarch of the family, she's very wise. She said, um, we do a lot of things well with our kids, but here's number one. She said, we have taught our kids to serve. We have taught them to put others first. And so that's why they have a mentality. And she said, this, you know, back then, this is about 20, 2011. And so she's talking about the culture, like it's chaos raising teenagers in 2011, right? Here we are in 2022. And we're like, ah, 2011, the golden era, you know, like <laughs> pre-TikTok, Bless the Lord. Must have been easy back then. You know, like, and she was like, she's like, and that's, that's the Mendoza magic. And I just want to encourage you. Like for me right now, I know God's doing something when we run DNA with our kids in our family. This is who we are as a family. All of you have spiritual gifts and we're going to, we're going to see that and we're going to take steps to get there. So right now, my 17 or my 16 year old, they're right back there right now with, with your kids, Right. That's not just like happenstance, just turned out. No, we've been working on that for about five years, right? All right? What does it look like? You go, okay, you got a leadership call in your life. Okay, you got a, you got a teaching gift on your life. Doss, you, you thank God every day you look just like, more like your mom than your dad. You know, like, it's going to work out. All right? But he, he, here's the thing. If you'll, get, if you'll get that, if you'll focus in and go, all right, what, what is the spiritual gift? And how can I get them? And, and you can buy the cultural narrative. Buy the cultural narrative, and the, and the culture will help you fill up the calendar with all kinds of stuff for your kids. I just want to invite you to not have that be the way that you operate. You begin with, I'm going to help my kids be disciples of Jesus, and we will have to say no to some good things in order to get a great thing called disciple kids that follow Jesus and walk with God. Last one is this. Last one is this. Celebrate every spiritual step along the way. Every time your kid takes a spiritual step, uh, party time. I think, I love the baptism moment where the father celebrates over the son. Jesus is baptized and then, this is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. That's you every time your kid takes a spiritual step. Here's what we do. This is Overland Park, man. We, we give every kid a trophy. They don't even have to be good and they get a trophy. They don't even have to win and they get a trophy, right? Like we love to celebrate. We're like, let's celebrate academics. Let's celebrate sports. Let's celebrate. You sang the solo at the choir. Man, yeah, and great. All those things are good. And I am saying, celebrate times 10 every spiritual step. So, hey, you threw the winning touchdown. You played quarterback and you won the state championship. That's awesome. That's great. Here, you, here, let's celebrate. But you got baptized Woo, let's go 10 times higher than that. Whoa, 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 let's up. That, now that's, that's got eternity written on it. All right, so we gotta flip it because the cultural narrative is they go, that's, you're, you're nuts. Here's, here's what really matters. What really matters is all these other things. And I'm just telling you, those things are fine and good. And I know we gotta invade the culture and so we wanna be excellent in those things. But if you flip it and you celebrate those things and you're not, I'm telling you, Go after celebrating every time, every, 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 you live, you invited the mean girl to your, here's a live, you get this brand new princess doll, why? I don't, birthday, you didn't do anything to that, you just showed up, <laughs> but you, you said yes to loving your enemy, what's up? You just gave your life to Jesus? Come on. Let's go out to Chick-fil-A. As long as you didn't get saved on Sunday. I mean, like. <laughs> but, but you're working on 
celebrating every single time, every single thing. And you'll, you'll, you'll develop a devotional culture. You'll, you'll develop a spiritual growth culture. You'll develop a culture in your house. It's about raising disciples rather than just raising Americans. You, you, you want the culture of the house to be stronger than the, than the culture that we live in. And it is work, but you'll never regret it. Never regret it. I know the phase of life I'm in. I can see a little fruit. I can see a little fruit. I, I know, I know, I know. Oh, he's a preacher. He's talking about his kids. Uh, I know I got a long ways to go. And I know I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. But I've seen just enough fruit to believe it. My parents are on the front row. I watched them do this with David, Dana, Deborah, Dan, and I'm a believer. My brother is a pastor in Colorado. He's doing great. Dana and Deborah, I mean, not as cool as me, but they're doing good too. <laughs> Dee's in Africa, missionary. Dana's incredible. Just doing, walking in the call of God on our life. And I know when I say this, some of you are like, oh, it's so arrogant. No, I'm not. Here's why I'm, I'm broken. And I just I happen to be friends with some of my kids' friends. And I want them to know and follow Jesus. And they live in a broken world. And I, we're going to do the best we can as a church to help you. But we can't do it. You can't delegate it to Kenny, the youth pastor. It's got to be in the house. And so I'm praying that the culture of every house is a culture of making disciples. If we stand, let's pray together. Take a moment. If you happen to be standing next to your spouse, we you just hold their hand. If you're if you're a grandparent or a parent, would you just take a moment and just 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 as an intercessor, just say the names of your kids real quick. Just say them to God. Just pray for them. Now will you just ask the Holy Spirit, God, what, what's one, one yes, one thing you're inviting me to? Just one thing. Just that one phrase, or that one moment, or that one illustration, or that one idea, or that one Bible verse. Just that one moment where something leapt in your heart, even just a little bit. Now will you give God your yes? I'll obey. Yes, God. Yes. you're in the room today and you want to be a part of God's family. He loved you first. He sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you. That no matter how broken, weak, messed up, addicted, astray, fearful, tired, weary, angry you are. You are loved by God. And the Bible says that he loved the world so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, and that whosoever, that could be you, whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Today, you can, you can respond to that invitation with your yes and enter into the family of God. If you want to enter into God's family today, you just... No more living at a distance, but you want to enter God's house. I want to invite you to just say yes. And just say this prayer to God. This isn't all you say, but this is a first step in giving your life to God. Just say this. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Save me.
give me new life in Christ. I give you everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we would love to help you on your journey. And in your seat, there's a little connection card. And if you wouldn't mind, just open up your phone and take that QR code. Tell us that you made that decision to follow Jesus today. We've got a small group tonight that meets in our warehouse. It's right over here at Nall and College. If you'd like to be a part of that tonight, we'd love to connect you to some relationships. I want to invite the prayer team to come forward. And, um, as we go into just praying over our offering, I just want to, um, I just want to thank you. In 2000, the ministry that I went with was Every Home for Christ um, to the Ukraine. And I don't know if you know this, but since the day we started the church, we've continued to give to Every Home for Christ. It's one of our ministry partners. 22 years later, I think it's really fun to still be a part of what God's doing there. We're going to make a special gift to what every home is doing in the Ukraine um, today. And I just want to thank you for your giving and all that you're doing to help. I love what Chris Stein said. Help us get that miracle building and your generous church. So I'm just so grateful. One day we'll tell the outrageous generosity, all the stories of you guys sacrificially giving to help us find and get this miracle building we're believing God for. Those stories are happening right now. I want to thank you for it. Let's pray over our tithes and our offerings. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing around the world. Specifically, Lord, we continue to pray. Lord, would you be at work in the Ukraine today? God, we ask in Jesus' name, pray that the church in the Ukraine would flourish in the midst of devastation. Lord, we thank you that you're at work in ways we can't see. And we just want to be an authentic church, God. We just want to be the people of God here do all that we can to make a difference take what we give it's all yours we give gladly generously cheerfully use it lord god to make a difference here in kansas city in ukraine around the world we honor you we love you in jesus name